Welcome to the Adventure Mechanics. I'm Chandler. I'm Devin. And I'm Tom. And today we'll be doing our season in review. I know it's a little bit more than just a year, but I still want to go through and talk about the games that we played over this last season and kind of the ones that we interviewed or not. Yeah, we interviewed these games. No, the games we talked about. <laughs> it's really hard to get a game to played. talk, but yeah. <laughs> tell we me tried. what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> super hard. Super Where's hard. Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so let's dive into it. So I guess I kind of fudged it with uh, season one. Because I think we've already talked about the Dagger of Amun-Ra and Majesty, but mm. those were technically in Season 2. Um, oh. We just ended up doing the season in review a little late, and we had already recorded uh, those two. Right. Um, we're so good at this. We are, we are yeah, so right? very, very professional, very knowledgeable, know exactly what we're doing, <laughs> never make mistakes. <laughs> no, certainly not. Exactly. but None that we'll admit to, anyway. Yeah. Right? But yeah, those were the two games that we started the season with. I don't know if you, either of you had any other thoughts on those two. I mean, Majesty's amazing. <laughs> Always a fan of Majesty, yeah. Always a fan. I don't okay. think I have anything to contribute to those two anyway. Yeah. Fair enough. I yeah. still love the uh, archaeologist song from the Dagger of Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> oh yeah. That is so funny. But Oh, that song. So good. And then after that, we did uh, Stars Die which was, I think, season one surpriser for me, because that was a really bizarre game, and I really love it. But yeah, that was an interesting game. I, mm-hmm. what Very. a surprise that was. I, what a, it was, that was a trip. I, that was, I was not expecting that one to be as engaging as it was. Um, right. When I, when I first started to play it, just, you know, on a whim, like, okay, well, here we go. But yeah, probably my, maybe, my favorite of the season that weren't games that I played before <laughs> because my other favorites were ones that I played before. So <laughs> this one was probably I mean, my favorite that was new to me. Fair. Mm. Yeah. As a side note, the developer of that did release a new game, like as of like a couple weeks ago Ooh. when we recorded Ooh. this. So uh, yeah, I'm probably going to end up, getting that and trying it out. Maybe we'll talk about it next season. Who knows? Who knows? Heck yeah, we should. Mm. Yeah, after that, we did My Summer Car. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a bizarre game. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. Yes. That's, that is a fever dream of a game. Yeah, I don't know whether I like it, but I do know that I detest it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's I love to hate games. it. Yeah, uh-huh. it's... It's one of those games that was like, oh, yeah, it's still technically an alpha, but it looks like they're developing a new game. No, they they keep adding to that game. That game. They aren't yeah. giving it up yet. They're oh, I keep getting updates alpha. for it. And yeah. every every now and again, I'll boot up Steam and it'll be like, my summer car is updating. And I'm like, okay, Why? I haven't played it in forever, but I wonder what they added. Is, is yeah. everything okay over in Finland? Are, are they doing okay? <laughs> like, are they all right? God, oh, that... Uh, Playing yeah. that with you two was probably one of the most fun things I've done in a while, though. That was hysterical. That was a kick in the pants, for sure. Um, oh, yeah. If you are just interested in the game, read one of the latest patch notes. That's fucking hilarious. 10 out of 10. Great patch notes. Because you're like, what the fuck? Why is it talking about grandma no longer giving you money after you go to prison? 
<laughs> what? <laughs> this is supposed to be a car simulating game. Why? Why is that in there? <laughs> because it's it's so much more than that. It's yeah. The car is honestly a side quest, really. Yeah, it's definitely like a life sim. It is. It is such an of interesting... some description. I. It's it's a it's a game about being kind of a bad person in Finland, but also I guess you're working on building a car. Maybe if you feel like it. I think it's firmly in a uh, indie immersive sim territory. <laughs> I yeah, you know I agree so with you. Fun. I think 100 percent it is. It's definitely an indie immersive sim. Yeah. yeah. Ten out of ten. Love it. Um, and hate, hate it. it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> really conflicted. Very strong feelings about that game. <laughs> yes, yes. After that, we had Forza Horizon 4. That was mm-hmm. interesting. It was interesting. Yeah. It was interesting. I have so many thoughts now that the fifth game has come out. We may need mm. to do a revisit on it. And my shining, glowing review has kind of changed. Okay. I'll oh. look forward to Forza Horizon 5 review at some point. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's going to be kind of a 4 and 5, like revisiting 4 and discussing 5. And yeah. Yeah. There's. <sighs> I have thoughts. I'm going to save them, but yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I'd like Forza Horizon 4 was. I liked the environment, but it was very polished. And. Mm-hmm. Good God, if you're going to have a voice volume control, fucking make it do something. <laughs> Sorry, it's something that bugs the shit out of me. You could not control the volume in that one or... Yeah, it's just bad. I have no idea if you can in 5. I've. Oh, you can't in 5 either. Oh, cool. I was cool. going to say, okay. I don't, I don't yeah. recall that being a thing you could do in 5 either. But No, it's if you're going to have a volume control slider... Make it control volume. <laughs> I don't care that you paid those voice actors so much goddamn money. I want to turn the volume off and listen to engine noise. I just wish that they <sighs> had paid or paid the, the, the people writing a little bit more money. Yeah, that's never yeah. going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're asking too much. Indeed. Uh, yeah, I mean... SRS was like, no, we're not going to actually have a story. We're just going to put softcore porn in our game. So, and that was another racing game. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That was, that was fine when I was very young and, you know, in that awkward teenage horny phase. I didn't mind. Puberty (laughs) is a hell of a drug. It really is. (laughs) That game was made for, you know, teenagers in puberty, male Yep. Yeah, they, <laughs> they knew their target. But, uh-huh. uh, so that was uh, Forza Horizon 4. After that, we had our train wreck of a episode uh, for Shivers. Which, <laughs> mm, chef's Kiss. I loved how that episode turned yeah, out. But um... <laughs> worst time to play it. Because, yeah. yeah. Stories. Oh, boy. Yeah. I get out. I love that game. That was one of the games that I played before. Um, but uh, I mean, obviously. But yeah, that was a uh, that was something else. Try every, everything about that. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Uh, did I just not communicate correctly when I was trying to tell you like how you should approach the game to get Go the most out blind. of it? Go in blind. 
Go in blind is what you said. Yes, I did. <laughs> I did indeed say that, but I should have added to that. Like, and also like, you know, pay attention. Don't just like open up a guide and solve the puzzles. Like you'll have no fucking clue what you're doing. <laughs> we were basically Kronkinisma, man. It was great. <laughs> that was, yes, that is very true. That yeah. part of it was very entertaining. <laughs> yeah. I loved that. Just like, as soon as you came in, because we were, we were doing like a playthrough um, before we did the recording and, Devin just pops in and they're just listening and oh oh no oh yeah. no is Tom re- reading from a, a walkthrough oh, oh no <laughs> yep I'm just like oh no uh, and I think I can't remember I, I I seem to recall that I said well did you see like this thing I can't remember like a thing that you can read in like Windle Nut's office and you're like wait you can read things <laughs> yep and I was yep. like okay. <laughs> Oh my god, that was that was very funny. I loved I loved that entire experience. It probably didn't translate well to the podcast, but oh man, just so yeah. goddamn funny. Yeah, yeah. After that, we did Phasmophobia, which oh. mm, still Ooh. good. Chef's kiss, except now I can't play it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so different now from when we talked about it. Uh, which we knew going in when when we were recording that I we I think we I don't know if we discussed in I don't remember now because it's we been did. so long if we discussed in the podcast but I know beforehand we talked about like whether or not we wanted to do that because it would probably be so different in a year uh, and uh, yeah it's it is. incredibly it is. different now it's um, very different yeah. it is unplayable for me because I am a chicken shit. I'm also and... very chicken, and I have not tried to play it since all the updates. I still enjoy watching other people play it uh, occasionally, um, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a little too spoopy for me now. <laughs> oh, it got to a level. I I went to a point where I was like not at all afraid and could just just clown on the ghosts and have all kinds of fun just being invincible, yeah. and now it makes me just pee my pants in fear. I I can't. So and I think I also stepped away from it for a little while, and so like, yeah, the the thing that I had worked on to kind of make it wear off on me went away, mm. and somehow might have even made it worse. And now I'm just terrified anytime I'm playing that game. I don't know. I, it's hard for me to even play it all anymore. They definitely upped the horror factor in the game, and oh yeah, I think the game needed that. But you're absolutely right that the game is a lot scarier to play now than it was before especially with some of the changes like not knowing whether the ghost is hunting or not oh (laughs) oh, fuck that honestly like the way it was before if you were someone who didn't really like scary games and we talked about this in the podcast you know if if you didn't really like scary games and you're easily spooked you could still play Phasmophobia if you had some friends that kind of knew what they were doing. They could kind of shield you from the really scary stuff, and you'd be okay. And you could have a good time. Like, it would be worth your time to play. That is not true anymore. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to play Phasmophobia, you need to be prepared to be very scared. scared. Yeah, because yeah. you will be very scared. Um, and if that's not something that vibes with you, I don't know if I can recommend it anymore. Which means, for the people that want a really scary experience, I can't recommend it enough. It's so good at that. Um, yeah, but they, you need to be a particular person. Yeah, They, they really up the game on the horror, and it's it shows. Yep. I am not that particular person, so... <laughs> I fall into the first category. 
Weenie. Just kidding. Yeah, and then we went from Phasmophobia to Event Zero, which was a mm. little bit of a shock for me. Um, uh-huh. I think we so did like though. a hard pivot there. It was like, oh my god, I am primed to be terrified by this game, which it isn't really. No, no. I was prepared to be terrified too, and then it, I got to playing it, and I'm like, actually, this is not scary. It's just really cool yeah and smart and yeah i liked it it was great yeah i loved the development behind it too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah and 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 for me the experience playing it uh you know for the you know to talk with you guys about it um like was so different from when i would played it before <laughs> it was a very weird experience for me because mm-hmm. it was definitely the same game but just like my interactions with Kaizen were so different, and I'm like, is this because I I know what the game is, or what what what's going on? Why why is it this is so weird? Like, yeah, <laughs> the ghost of the machine is like really having a hard time right now. I guess like I don't know, <laughs> it, which was just very interesting. It was really cool that I was able to have like such a vastly different experience with the same game. And, and compare that to the time before that I played. And then, like, hear what you guys uh, had to say about it. Um, and what your experiences were like. I thought that was really neat. Yeah. yeah. Such yeah. a cool, smart game. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. I was very pleasantly surprised by it. I wanted to 100% it so badly, but I just couldn't put myself to go through it a fifth time. So. Yeah. 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 Maybe later. Maybe later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. After that, we had Project Zomboid, one of my mm. top 10 games of all time. And yeah, <laughs> mine as well. And yeah. I think probably a game that we will be playing for years to come. You will probably be hearing that game on another list and maybe even another list. Um, I tried not to do that, but it's absolute. <laughs> yeah, we're we're. I think we're just gonna keep coming back to it. We get we get a little bit burnt out after a little while and stop playing it and then walk away and then and then inevitably we find our way back home. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's definitely one of, one of probably my top ten games, ever. Mm. Yeah, it and, was a game I was not at all like really interested in when we were going in, but like watching you guys play and then talking about it, I was like, oh, actually, this is like really interesting. Uh, so cool. I have a lot more interest in this than I did before, uh, which is cool. Nice to have yeah. your mind changed about something, you know, with more experience. Well, I mean, just being able to effectively play The Sims survival, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically, huge. yeah. Yeah, and I I've never, like... like, seen it or heard it described as, like, The Sims but survival. Like, that's so accurate. Like, oh, yeah, that's basically it, yeah. Yep. You could basically remove the zombies from it entirely and still have a very fun game, so... Yeah. The zomboid yeah. part is not, yeah. it's integral, but not as integral as you would expect. So, yeah, you don't have to be into zombie games to enjoy it at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And our last game that we had before we did our three-part series was Deadbolt. Um, oh, yes. Also a great game. Yeah. Got some the, good ones this year. Man. I know, right? Like, Deadbolt's <laughs> one of my favorite games um, because it scratches that... Uh, execution itch you know like you, when you do what? something really well oh okay like, like, <laughs> like you're just firing on all cylinders and you're like this i'm in the groove i'm in the zone i'm doing perfectly that game really rewards you when you're in that point 
the way you but, said that made me think that you just have an itch to execute people, and it was yeah, like, I, um, I thought you were uh, well, I thought you I, were punning on the on the concept of the game, right? Because that is what the game is. I mean, I mean, yay, Chandler did a, a pun unintentionally, but no, that's yeah. I, mean. I totally know where you're coming from now, though. Yeah, it does give you that like that. I don't know, perfectionist uh, satisfaction. Exactly. Or not. Sometimes you're just like, wow, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> I can't play this game, apparently. But it, it's a perfectionist thing where, like, even if you're striving for perfection on every level, you're mm -hmm. not going to be spending, like, 100 hours in it unless you're speedrunning it. Because, right. like, perfection on each level means you're going to be doing about 20 hours, so... Yeah, it, it's it was it was the right balance for me. Yep, great game. I not a game I would have you know gone out and and looked for, um, but I I kind of it, that game was one of those. I, every now and again, I come across a game. It's probably like Project Zomblade was for you, Devin, where it's mm. like you'll come across a game. You're like, ah, I don't. That's not for me. And then you start messing with it, and you're like, huh, it is for me. This is great. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah, it surprised me in that regard. Um, and it's kind of fun to occasionally be reminded that, like, your first impressions of a game aren't always right. And that mm -hmm. you should listen to people when they re recommend stuff and not just immediately think, I know who I am and I know I'm not going to enjoy that. Because sometimes you're wrong. Or sometimes so. you're very, very right. But I mean, that yeah. doesn't <laughs> to give it a try. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. It's worth trying. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we finished our season out with a three-parter on Morrowind. I still highly recommend if you haven't listened to part two, Storytime was excellent. Yes. I oh, highly recommend Thank that. you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Yes, please do. I'm, I'm going to, you know, uh, be, be a little bit uh, self-serving here and say, yes, if you haven't listened to part two, Storytime is amazing. Please go listen. Uh, yes. <laughs> not even, not even the, you know, Grunken Yzma here could ruin it, so... You know. Though we tried, you know. Yeah. We always try. We always try. Yeah. But we couldn't do it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. It, great. Great game. Very interesting commentary on... Yeah, Devin, you, you slayed. That was fantastic. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I had I had a lot of fun with that three-parter. I mean, Morrowind is my favorite game, but it's, it's always fun to, like, share, you know, this is why I love this thing, and, you know... Uh, just talking about is fun, so I appreciate that you guys let me put it on the list. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Happy to. And, frankly, I think for both of us it was a very important game, so... Yeah, but for very different reasons, too. Yeah. Just yeah, kind yeah. Of the fun part to explore. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Wait, you mean this isn't just a thief simulator? <laughs> no, it's That's not. That's what I thought there's it was. Like, <laughs> there's all this other weird stuff that you had no idea. Honestly, I think Elder Scrolls Morrowind was probably one of the first open world games I ever played. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it was pivotal for me. So I was happy yeah. to put it on the list just because that is the game that made me love games like Fallout. So yeah. mm -hmm. it created that passion for me. Yeah. It holds a special place in my heart, for sure. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Now that we've gotten our games we did episodes about out of the way, let's talk about games that, that we played, maybe found interesting or important, and uh, kind of go around there. I'm excited about this. <laughs> who wants to start us? Uh, I don't know. Who wants to start? 
Let me draw Rock, Pizzard, Rock oh, paper, yeah, lizard, Spock? Spock. Always Spock. <laughs> yeah, always. Always, uh, <laughs> always bet on Spock. Uh, okay, fine. I'll go first. Yay! Since I'm running this. <laughs> yeah, so I only have 11 games that I really, like, kept in my mind that I played. I'm sure I played more, but they weren't, like, super... Uh, important to me or they didn't leave an impression on me in some way yeah um top of my list this will be zero surprise especially with deadbolt was spelunky 2 um (laughs) i played the crap out of spelunky 2 i still suck horribly at it but i love it can confirm every time i jump on to play a game i look over and and chandler's logged in and i can see spelunky 2 under his name on discord so yeah i don't know how many hours you put in but an enormous amount. <laughs> it finally surpassed Spelunky 1, but uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that game is... That game gets me all hot and bothered really quick. Like, I've never had a game get me so salty and then make me want to play more. I but Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd love that game, but um, yeah. Um, uh, second on my list was uh, Project Zomboid. Yes, I we did do an episode on it, and yes, it is still important to me. I still put like <laughs> probably about four hundred hours into it this year, like an insane yep. amount. Most of those with me. <laughs> they, yeah, pretty much. When multiplayer <laughs> dropped, it was uh, it was all over. Chandler's life was all over. Yeah. Then, recently, I got back into RimWorld with the uh, latest um, addition that they had to that. I still consider RimWorld a game specifically and not a, uh, what do they call it, a story generator. But, yeah, RimWorld's always a fun game to play. It's relatively low impact, even with uh, some of the storytellers in it. If uh, you're not super familiar with it, it's a top-down colony simulator, basically. Um, Hmm. It's pretty fun. Yeah, played a lot of that. Then I also went back to XCOM UFO Defense. I apparently love games that are just absolutely backbreakingly hard and like just absolutely hurting you with uh, their level of difficulty. But yeah, XCOM UFO Defense got me through a good portion of the year because, you know, sometimes you just got to kill some aliens and get shot from the darkness getting <laughs> killed by aliens good times good times then i went with uh kerbal space program yes always, always a classic i know this one's on tom's list too but uh, our lists are going to look kind of similar <laughs> yeah we, we did a lot of gaming together this year which yes. is a lot of fun but um gotta gotta love uh shooting kerbals into space usually bringing them back but not always right then i uh one of my buddies got into diablo again and he never played the first diablo so i gotta scratch that itch again this year which is absolutely glorious i love that game so much (laughs) and it's cheesy as hell still oh yeah love it yeah well we might do an episode on that one alone just the first one not like diablo 2 or 3 or 4 or whatever just just the OG Diablo. Because I love that game so much. I'd be down for that. It's one of the first mm-hmm. computer games I ever played. Right? I have never played it. 
What? Oh, we got to fix that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, okay. We might actually have that coming up very soon then. <laughs> yeah, Uh-oh. yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, and then the last important game for me this year was uh, I went through and got the Deus Ex one more playthrough itch. Oh, that game is so much fun. I love it. It's a first-person immersive sim in a low cyberpunk future setting. So good. I love it. Um, I'm not talking about the reimagining that happened in the 2010s. I'm talking about the 1999 or 2000. I think 2000. I think it's 2000, yeah. Yeah. That, that release of Deus Ex so fucking good so fucking funny and unintentionally too so a bomb. <laughs> a bomb. oh man <laughs> yeah i got i got some thoughts on that one but i'll save those if we ever end up getting around to that and then i have two notable mentions um hmm. first one being a game that is my personal case study of yes you can put too much uh juice into a game and what I mean by juice is like the extra little um, particle effects, screen shake, um, audio uh, warbles and stuff like that. That's considered game juice. It comes from a very, uh, I would say popular, but if you're not in game development, you don't know. You probably won't understand that. Um, I'll put a link to a talk that uh, somebody did about juice it or lose it. It's a very interesting one. This game too much of juice too much juice it's a like a mega man style game where you're instead of being mega man you're just a goose in a power suit <laughs> what i this know isn't goose game no this is an untitled goose game this is mighty goose and yes you know exactly how i got into it was because of untitled goose game and yes goose haha funny right yes this game has way too much fucking particle effects and screen shake to make the game unplayable and it was enjoyable not knowing what the fuck i was doing just watching so many flashing lights and pretty colors um yeah it's an honorable mention just because of that and then the last one on my list was uh something tom introduced me to which i didn't think i would enjoy as much as i did which was uh golf with your friends Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's on my list too. Yeah. Just a casual mini golf game that uh, has shenanigans, which I'm always a fan of. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's about all that I had for this year. At least that were notable. Hmm. I probably ought to go next since my list is essentially your list, but slightly different. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> I want to hear the same list, but slightly different. <laughs> so predictably, um, and I, we, I kind of organize, I've got, I've got a top 10 sort of um, with a top five among them. And the top five are the only ones I put in a particular order. But at number one, the game I played the most by far is Forza Horizon 5. I think we really should do an episode on it just because, uh, you know, it came out. I think this year. Yeah. Yes. I think this year. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'm still playing it a lot. I, The love that I had for 4 has kind of morphed. And I think it's mostly because Forza Horizon 5 is 4, but in a different place. Um, and they did some 
I don't know. There's there's a lot of, like you were talking about with 4, there's a lot of, you know, polish that's happening, but they're missing polish in some very critical places that make the game frustrating, I guess is a good way to put it. Um, so we should, we'll go into that later, but, but I'm still playing it, but kind of like only because there's nothing else <laughs> that scratches that itch. And then uh, 2 was easily Project Zomboid. Um, I love that game. I genuinely, like I said earlier, expect us to be playing that game for years to come. I think we'll keep coming back to it. It is easily in, like, probably the top ten games ever that I've played, simply because it's just fun to get lost in that game, and I there's not many other games that are like that. Um, especially when you're playing with friends. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Love that game. Position three is... Uh, as you already brought up, Kerbal Space Program. And I think it's important to bring up why we started playing it again. Chandler and I used to play the you know Kerbal Space Program years ago when it was a new game. In fact, we started playing it, I think, when it was in beta? Yeah, we, we started playing it before it went to Steam. And yes. consequently, had... we grandfathered in with all the expansions, which was amazing. <laughs> It was amazing. It took me so I had to I had to really figure out how to get into my account though because I hadn't gotten into it in like ten years. Yep. Um. But uh. But yeah, we started playing it mostly because Kerbal Space Program Two is supposed to come out in February, which I guarantee we should do a video about or a, a podcast about that because I have a feeling that's going to be a big deal for us. Um, Probably. Kerbal yeah. Space Program is a fabulous game. It is so much fun. Um, You do have to be a bit of a nerd to enjoy it. Um, Chandler and I are definitely qualified in that regard. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we all are. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that is a fact. Um, uh, But yeah, in any case, we used to play the hell out of it uh, years ago and loved it, and it was one of my favorite games of all time back then. Then I kind of forgot about it for like 10 years. Um, Never completely, but like just hadn't come back to it and when i heard about the new one i was like oh my god i have to go back and play the first game again because i i i want to i'm so excited and we started playing i thought i was just going to play it once or twice just to kind of like get the bug and remember how much fun it was oh my god i like screw forza i haven't been playing it i just i come home and i play kerbal space program i'm like "I've, i've got i've got this guy and i've got this mission i need to get this done and i'm so pumped it's gives me a sense of satisfaction like very few games can when you accomplish something in that game oh yeah real pride that's a real accomplishment it, it doesn't feel like you're doing nothing <laughs> so it's one of the few games that has uh caused me to want to smoke a cigarette after accomplishing something and i don't even <laughs> yes. smoke which is the right. really weirdest part about that <laughs> but it does give you that like yes kind of a feeling which i i love and then Number four on the list is uh, kind of... This is the one I, I said I'm sharing two spots. Because it's basically the same game, but two different versions of it. And that's Golf with Friends, which is the flat panel one. And, uh, of course, I also got a VR headset this year. And so Walkabout Mini Golf is a very similar game, but different because it's in VR and the physics are a little different and stuff. Either way, Mini Golf. Never thought that would be a game I'd invest a lot of time into, but, like... Talk about a terrific way to spend time with your friends. Like, mm-hmm. it is a lot of fun if you just are looking for a casual social game to just kind of enjoy time 
with your friends. Um, can't recommend them enough. They're both very cheap and they're really fun. And then five, I guess this is also technically a double slot. So Among Us was a big deal for a long time. I didn't really catch the bug. But when I heard that Among Us VR was coming out and there was a lot of hype about it, I went, you know what? I want to try that because I'm very into VR, but I want to know what the first game, the original game, is about. So I started playing Among Us, the standard game, and it's a cool game. Very basic, very casual. It's a terrific game if you just, you know, want to sit down after work and kind of mellow out for a little while. It's really fun if you can get some friends together to play. And the VR version is, thankfully, basically exactly like the original version, just 3D and in VR, but it has the same exact feel. It's just fresh and new, and it's, it's, I love it. It's a lot of fun. The only problem I have with it is not all of my friends have VR headsets, but uh, other than that, great game. Love it. I do have a question for you. How did they yeah. translate the cartoony style from Among Us 2D to 3D? They did a perfect job, in my opinion. It, it's still cartoony. Uh, it's just... How do you explain that? It's just a very cartoony 3D style. It, it, it fits perfectly. All the little like bodies, you know, the, the, the kind of weird shape that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, still exist. They don't move with your VR at all. Like like when you move around, they're just kind of like they're static. They're just not like they don't bend over. They don't. Um, they just kind of have like a funny little walk, and that's all they do. It's just kind of a little pill that walks. But what they did, which I think is brilliant, is they made everyone's hands visible, and they're huge. So that's- it kind of gives you like this like really silly cartoon aspect, but you can still kind of express with your hands. Kind of, um, kind of like a Muppet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so okay. you kind of, your hands are the only part of you that moves that's visible to other people. And uh, they did a good job. It's it's a lot more fun than the flat panel version in the regard that it's very engaging. You get into like really intense arguments. <laughs> you have very intense arguments like, in, you know, if you get caught or whatever. Uh, oh, I've had some really amazing moments in that game. So definitely recommend it. It's a lot of fun. The only hard part is trying to find a room that isn't full of children. Mm. <laughs> yeah. My, my nephews who are like elementary school, yeah, they know Among Us and they don't even play that game. So yeah, I understand that one. <laughs> yep. If you can get a room of adults in that game, it is a blast and I cannot recommend it enough. Very cool social game and just a lot of fun to... I don't know. If you like games that, like... And it's harder in VR, because you're, you're more expressive. There's, you're not typing out responses. You have to, like, speak in a way that is believable, and trying to, like, deceive your friends in a way that is, de- that is believable is... It's a fun, like, social... Like, experiment kind of a, of a game. You know, you, you gotta think on your feet. You gotta be really clever. I think, to play it well. And that's that's what I enjoy about it. Um, oh, really makes you think. That's kind of the point of Among Us, though. It's a social deduction game, like uh, yeah. Werewolf or Villagers or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it is different in VR, I will say. It's, it's harder than the flat version. The flat version, you can kind of... You have more time to think. Mm. Things happen in real time in 
because you're not doing it via text. You know, you're you gotta you gotta talk, which is fun. And then in no particular order, the last four on my list, because um, kind of you know there's a, a two for one in there, were uh, uh, Trail Makers. I found that recently, just a couple weeks ago, and I have fallen head over heels in love with it. It's kind of like Herbal Space Program, in that you're building things with a very different. It's not nearly as scientific, but you have to like construct a vehicle and then you use that vehicle to find new parts that you can use on your vehicle and each part is put in a different place that has a different challenge associated with it that you have to kind of overcome. So it's an engineering game, which I'm very into. And then the last three on my list are all VR. Um, Demio is a super cool kind of almost D&D, but like a dungeon crawler. Um, board game in VR that you can play with your friends. Just a really cool thing. And it, we I did that recently uh, with some friends where we were in person and we were all, you know, using our headsets and we were just talking to each other in the same room and uh, kind of working as a team to solve, you know, like solve this dungeon. And it's, it's just good old-fashioned fun, great excuse to spend time with friends. Um, like that game a lot. Population 1 is a first-person shooter in VR. Normally, I'm not a big fan of first-person shooters, but there is something different about a game where you're, like, holding a gun with your hands and running around, and you can fly. It's got enough of a... that that that, that X-factor that is different from other games that it pulled me in, and I, I enjoy it a lot. The only hard part is finding people to play with. Because <laughs> mm. not only do they have to have a VR headset, they also have to be very comfortable in VR because, man, will that thing give you motion sickness if you're not. Right. And then the last one on my list is kind of a funny one, and that is Horizon Worlds, or as it's much better known in the world, the metaverse. Aha. Aha. I started playing that game kind of accidentally i heard all this stuff about how terrible it was and i i have a quest so i was kind of like it's free i was like i gotta see this you know like how big is this train wreck really and so i hopped in and the first room i went into there was a group of people in a in the middle of the room not interacting with the room at all because the room had all these like arcade games it was the questies which is the one from the super bowl ad that that they pushed so hard figured that was a great place to start but everyone was just grouped up in the middle of the room and they were just talking and so I just kind of walked up and sort of joined in was listening you know kind of lurking for a little while and then people started interacting with me and pretty soon I'm sitting in the middle of my living room having one of the most engaging interesting conversations I've had in a long time with a person from the UK a person from Puerto Rico a person from Canada and then two other people from the United States. And we were just talking about anything and nothing all at the same time. Just so cool to connect with other people. And what I will say, when you're sitting in a social environment and you're talking to somebody, it's not like a chat room when you can see the person's hands, the person's face is emoting because the game kind of uses an algorithm based on like your tone to try to figure out if you're happy, sad. And it does a pretty good job of being expressive you sort of forget that you're not looking at somebody's face and they're moving like a real person you know they're they're emoting in a natural way pretty soon you feel like you're just sitting in one of the most interesting rooms in the world with 
very interesting people from all over the world having a terrific conversation. Do I think that Horizon Worlds is a good program that was worth all of the money invested? <laughs> Hell no! <laughs> That's <laughs> like, what I was waiting for. <laughs> it is a dumpster fire. Um, there is lag like crazy on all of anytime you try to interact with the game and try to play it as a game instead of a chat room it, it's unplayable it's so bad it's nothing works correctly it's a bad experience the only thing that pulls me into horizon worlds and i have found myself booting into it many times since then is that i just keep finding the coolest people in it there is something, I don't know what it is. There is something about people that join, like, it's it's a hated program. So there's a tiny, tiny community that plays this thing. But the people that are there are really cool for the most part. So I keep going there if I'm kind of feeling, you know, like I tend to be an introvert, but I have extroverted tendencies. And sometimes I just want a social interaction but it's late at night and my friends are all either asleep or doing their own thing. And I'm like, I just I just want to go hang out with somebody. I boot into that. So it's cooler than I thought it would be, but I don't think it has anything to do with Zuckerberg. It's an accident that it's as good as it is. Uh, <laughs> all the money he's invested is a waste of time. If it was avatars in a blank room, he'd probably have the same experience. <laughs> so, but yeah, I've... That's been my thing. I think I've spent a lot of time in VR, and I think we should probably have a few maybe episodes on that coming up because I think that's really important to the gaming industry as, as a whole. Um, it's really interesting. But yeah, that's kind of been my re my year in review. What about you, Devin? Oh, is it, does that mean it's my turn now? Huzzah. Oh. I mean, unless, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess it is. I guess everyone did go. I, uh, hmm, how did I end up going last? That's weird. Because uh, <laughs> it's always the best for last. Don't you know that? Oh. Yeah, we want to end on a high note. So oh, well, hopefully, hopefully I can deliver. Uh, my, uh, my, my list here, um, I have split up into uh, three different categories. I have the best games that I played, the games that I liked of 2022, games that I really wanted to like but didn't, and then some honorable mentions. Uh, and I'll start with the honorable mentions because these are games that, like, uh, even though one of them I think I started playing this year because I think it came out this year, I'm going to be playing them for a while. They're just kind of like my speed. One of them, you could probably guess, is Morrowind. Really? No. Really? You're surprised. Yes, <laughs> I can I hear the absolute... Anyway, but yes, uh, so, uh, you know, I played a lot of it this year, and I will probably play more, but uh, as I always do, but that's uh, that was a big time, uh, a, a big game in my time this year, so that uh, Valheim, uh, oh, play a lot yep. of that, just I'm never going to leave that game alone, it, it will stay around forever uh, for me, and the Mistlands update is coming soon, which is very exciting, I've uh, been waiting for that, so. Uh, I have uh, that game, and we've never played together, I'm just, I'm just saying. Oh. I'm hurt. Hmm. How, yeah. hmm, how has that happened? I've just, I don't know. I have it, but I've never played it. So. <laughs> oh, it's so fun. Oh, man, I love this game. I, that was not the time for me to share all my thoughts on it, but I love it. Uh, it's mm. it's very good in, in so many ways, and I just have a lot of thoughts. Uh, and then the other honorable mention is V Rising, which uh, was the like kind of multiplayer uh, vampire uh, rebuild your mm. kingdom, and you could build castles and go fight big monsters and uh i have a bunch of thoughts on that too 
it's a lot of fun, but like I'm one of those people that it's like you're supposed to play with like a lot of people and like, you know, do massively multiplayer like raid type things on like the high level bosses and stuff, but I'm here to build pretty castles. Uh so <laughs> and, and maybe throw magic at things. So but I, I enjoy it a lot. I, I think it's a lot of fun. And it is a lot of fun with friends. Uh when when you when you get people so uh playing. So that's uh those are my honorable mentions for, you know, uh, favorites, uh, putting a lot of time into uh, this year. And th- there's only one in this section for the games I really wanted to like but didn't. Um, oh, boy. And uh, this game, this this particular game, I, I, I'm very disappointed because I, like, like this says on the tin, I really wanted to like it. Um, but I just ended up coming away very disappointed and feeling like a little bit like, oh, really? Like, but it could have been so good. And that is Moon Glow Bay. Hmm. That's an interesting uh, name already. I'm I'm intrigued. (laughs) It's basically, do you like fishing minigames? How about a game where the main loop is uh, fishing? And you kind of run like a a, a restaurant. Uh, You fish and then you cook up the fish and you sell it and then like... And the conceit is is that your character is getting over or attempting to get over the uh, death of their spouse. Uh, and hmm. at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, how many indie games, uh, which is probably going to be a theme, how many indie games are about, like, you know, the death of small town America, uh, though this is, like, in Canada, but, like, you know, small towns going away, rampant capitalism, people leaving to go to the cities, um, you know, the subsistence ways that people used to live, they can't do that anymore. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. So this town is dilapidated. It doesn't have any tourism. You know, it, it's got like, you know, all these things. And, uh, you know, it just it's a hard time for everybody. So like your character's, you know, journey is supposed to mirror that of the town. Whereas you, the character, are doing your thing, restarting the fishing business, restarting the restaurant, you know, uh, kind of thing, you know, uh, and you're rebuilding the town like you're giving back to the town. Um, and there's a pretty strong environmentalist message to it also, uh, which I quite liked about, like, you know, um, needing to protect the oceans, like, stop pollution, like, you know, stop, like, the whole everything that is damaging the environment, um, kind of promoting this idea of, like, coexistence of, like, um, humans and nature, um, which I like. And there was it was also very fantastical. Like, there, it wasn't just, like, totally, like trying to be grounded and realistic like it was whimsical and fantastical in a way that i enjoyed Hmm. but this game at the time i played it which was very early this year uh when it was uh it went on to game pass and it was buggy it was so buggy it was nigh unplayable at points um there were some like really game breaking bugs that it was like oh well Hopefully it didn't save me in a weird play, you know, kind of a, a thing. And uh, it was, I felt like I was fighting it a lot of the time that I was playing it. But even more than that, it, it needed more time in development because, you know, buggy and everything. But I think it needed more time in development because I just didn't care. And the whole point of this game was like, you had to care about your character, right? Like, cause you're, there's like some minor role playing stuff where like, you know, your character is doing this and you know, you're sad about your spouse, but your daughter is there with you to help you uh, because there's like a co-op thing that you can do. Um, I didn't play it co-op, where, but you can have a, a local player, too, who plays as your character's daughter um, okay. and uh, and can help you out and stuff. And so you're so this other character, if you're playing solo, is just kind of there. But I felt like the story 
really was supposed to be centered on her. And it oftentimes felt like I I wasn't really feeling that connected to the story because I wasn't there. And, and, and some of the some of the way that like the mechanics kind of blended, like the fishing part was fun. Fishing was great trying to do, but it was very busy work. Um, oh. Like it, it felt like it needed more balancing with like the more that you have done this thing, like you should get like more uh, like, you know, equipment, like better equipment or you're faster or just like an auto bake thing like for the food for the restaurant where it's just like and there was a little bit of that like with the restaurant thing like you've made this enough times but like the mini game was so tedious after a point for like making the meals because you'd have to actually like go and like do each thing like take the stuff out of the fridge cut it on the cutting board uh fry it up in the pan and it usually is just like kind of like a a quick time thing just like a button input kind of thing Mm. but it got tedious after a while and it felt like there needed to be a little bit more of that as you progressed so that you didn't feel like it was holding you up as much, uh, especially when you didn't feel like I say you like, especially when I wasn't feeling like I was connected to anything. And it and the story doesn't really come together in the end. I felt that it just needed more time for them to think about, like the, them being the developers, like for the developers to think about, like, you know, what story they wanted to tell and how they wanted to tell it. Because, like I said, like the player character, the character you play feels like they're not really the main character. The daughter should be the main character. You don't have a lot of agency with what your character does, like, at least on the character side of things. And then, like, you can complete the game without renovating the town, for one thing. So, like, once it starts getting really tedious, I actually was like, never mind, I'm not going to renovate the town. I just want to, like, get to the end of this thing, right? (laughs) Because I had hopes. I was like, well, have me feel something at the end. And I got to the end, and I really, I was like, I should be feeling something. But the messages just don't come together. Like, you know, this, like, the environmentalism and, like, the fantasticism and the, like, you know, humans and nature, you know, living together. Um, And then, like, moving on from grief, those those themes did not come together in the end for me and it was a huge disappointment so uh, it's very sad because like there's so many things about this game on its own that i'm just like yeah this sounds like it should be made for me yeah that's what i was thinking right and i and it just like just didn't come together and to me it didn't like you know i don't want to say anyone did a bad job like because making games is hard, but mm-hmm. it was one of those things like we've talked about before with other games that we've talked about where it's like you just kind of hit a point where you go, oh, they ran out of, they ran out of money. Mm-hmm. They ran out of time. And this is just this is just the best they could do. They had to ship it. Uh, and I'm glad they did. Like, like, I enjoyed a good portion of my time with it, you know, but like it wasn't like awful, but. It just was really sad because I was like, man, this could have been like something really, really cool and really, really fun and like really, really engaging and really, really feely, especially if you could bring all of that together in the end. But it just doesn't make it. And that's my that's my review of Moonglow Bay. <laughs> when you, it didn't it didn't intend it to be a review, but there you go. <laughs> when you first said Moonglow Bay, I thought it was Moonglow uh-huh. and then B-A-E. And then ba- Yes, me too. <laughs> like, I'm not a, alone. Thank that's God. That's a clever name, but that's yeah. not the game that you were talking about at all. Because Moonglow Bay is no. something else entirely, and I'm pretty yes. sure it's not safe for yes. work, whatever it is. <laughs> I imagine yeah, we have, like... you'll have to wait until next year for me to talk about Boyfriend Dungeon. So, Ooh, oh no. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
I'm down. Oh boy. I'm excited. Uh, but yeah. So so that was so that was Moonglow Bay. Um I just I came away feeling sad because I wanted to like it, but it just didn't come together and you know making video games is hard. Um Yep. And we appreciate everyone's work. Um and yeah. So uh, there's that. So uh, my, my the happy best favorite games uh, that I played <laughs> this past year, Vampire Survivors, is a 10 out of 10. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised that one hooked you, but oh, I'm 0% surprised that when you got hooked, you got hooked deep. <laughs> oh, I got hooked real bad. Yeah, well, it's one of those that I don't, I probably would not have just picked it up on my own. I saw Day 9 playing it on a stream, and I was just like, captivated i was like this looks like a lot of fun like this looks like this looks really fun maybe i'll play that and it's like what was it like three bucks like <laughs> like i was like oh well there's no reason not to buy in uh this early you know since it was like you know very early in development it was an early access so uh i got it and i started playing it and i was like oh numbers go burr uh flashy lights and effects and fun things and also like just like and as the game was developed like you know just kind of fun lore like just just really fun um very satisfying though like it's basically this like amazing colorful just incandescent dopamine dispenser Um, (laughs) and it's and it's cool too because there's like as you unlock things you can like unlock different modes and stuff but mostly it's like you know i i just want to sit down and and not think about anything serious for 30 minutes and you open up vampire survivors and you play for 30 minutes and boom there you go uh and, and you feel like you accomplished something today because you got to the end of the level and uh as you get to the end game it's there's you know you could basically like face roll things by the time you get to the end game. And that's also still satisfying, even though you don't have to touch anything on the controller, you could just let it do its thing. Uh, but it's still fun. Cause it's like, Ooh, look at the like pretty lights and things. And uh, queen Sigma is, is Bay. Um, <laughs> the Bay we were thinking about. Yes. The Bay yeah, we were yeah, thinking yeah, about yeah. earlier. Yes. But uh, and it's just a lot of fun. And it's so fun. In fact, that I not only like hundred percent of, it you know with all the achievements uh, get to the end game on steam but i also did on game pass when it came there so (laughs) (laughs) oh goodness (laughs) it's fun it's it's just a lot of fun i highly recommend if you just want something you know fun and kind of easy that you just like you know kind of and if you're into like you know listening to audiobooks or podcasts or something or you know you want to watch something but have something to do with your hands this is a great game for that so it's like perfect for me really in that i totally understand that yeah absolutely And uh, let's see. Uh, next on the list, I played earlier this year Procession to Calvary, which was hilarious. <laughs> it was like a Monty Python animated sketch from beginning <laughs> to end of just, but a point and click game. Wait, wait. Highly recommend. Oh, this is so the... good. Oh, okay. So I actually have some comments on this one. This is, oh, this boy. is the game where they use classic art as their base yes. and then animated shit, yes. right? Yes. Yes, oh, that's, that's cool. Okay. And classical music, like, you know, like, royalty-free classical music. This, uh, the developer who did this has a really fun uh, GDC talk about doing art with zero budget. I'll, oh, I'll, excellent. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes for it. It's yes. fucking hilarious listening to him talk about this. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. This game was just so fun. I, like, it's very, like... 
I don't usually find things that like are like haha laugh out loud funny like either books or films or games or anything like that's pretty unusual for me like it has to hit like the right spot uh this game I I laughed out loud like so many times in this game playing it (laughs) and like I said it gave me like real Monty Python vibes which was certainly like intended and I just love how at the very beginning of the game you can just like walk to the cliff and then jump off (laughs) what (laughs) <laughs> this, and then that's an ending that you can get. It's just, <laughs> goodbye. That was a really um, short game. <laughs> yeah, it's oh man, it's so it's so fun. If you like point and clicks, it's a very it's a very fun. Um, I I I want to say unusual, but I don't know if it's that unusual or if it's just like that unique. You know, it's just it it like all of the music like are diegetic. Like the the musicians are like you know clipped out of a painting, like an actual historical painting. Um, and are in the scene somewhere playing the music that you hear. Oh, that's so cool. So, like, when you go between screens, like, the music is different, but that's why the music is different, because there's different musicians on each screen. That's um, wow. And uh, just and just amazing jokes, and I just, it's so good. It's so fun. I That was, like, a highlight, uh, one of the best games I played. Um, so that's fun. Highly recommend. Uh, another game that I played this year um, that I loved but probably you should be in the right headspace for it, is Adios. Hmm. And that came out, I want to say, a couple years ago. Um, and a lot of people like loved it. It's an indie game. Um, and the, 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 the story is, without giving any spoilers, but like you find this out in, like, it's in the description also. It's like the first five minutes of the game, is that uh, the character you play as is a body disposal guy for the mob. Okay. Uh, oh. he, uh, the, uh, they bring chucked up bodies and he feeds them to the pigs to dispose of bodies and he wants out and as you know with the mob you can't you know (laughs) not an option you can check out but you can never leave right like yeah (laughs) and it i was surprised at how like the writing was incredible but like the way that they tell the story and how like you get from point a to point b and how you can discover the history of your character and, and they do some really fantastic things with dialogue that I, I won't give any like spoil, story spoilers, but there are moments where your character will be talking to someone. Uh, there's a one scene that's on the phone and there are multiple dialogue options, but like one of the dialogue options is probably the one that you would actually want to select, but the game won't let you select it. And it, it gives you a, you know, a visual cue that this huh. is not a, a dialogue option that you can select. But it's there, so you, that you know what the character is thinking. Oh, that is that a moment. cool idea. And it's so cool because you sit there and it like really like sinks you into this character's like life, like inner life, like you know not just his thoughts, but also like you know this like this is like you know dire situation, right? Like this is this is probably the end of the road, and you know you just are really in that. You just, oh, it's so good. It is a very short game, but very feely. There are many points where I just like kind of got misty eyed or cried outright one time. Game made me cry about a tree, <laughs> um, you know, and a dog, but that's not surprising. Like, you know, don't, don't worry. Nothing happens to the dog. The dog is already, has already passed of old age. You go to the dog's grave. Mm. And that was like, oh, sad because dog. But the, the tree one was the one that really got me. And I was like, oh, man. My heart, but a really, really fantastic game. Like all, you know, the hype that was around it, people talking about how fantastic, fantastic it was. It is, but definitely you want to be in the right headspace for it because it is obviously dealing with kind of a dark, 
uh, a dark, a dark, uh, uh, words are hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's dark topic. It's dark topic, yeah. dark themes, uh, just a dark, dark subject matter. And then I also played, and this, this game made it onto my like most favorite games of all time. Sable indie game, hmm. like beautiful art. It's sort of this sci-fi where you play as, I say it's sort of sci-fi. It is 100% sci-fi uh, on a, on a, on a quote alien planet. You play as a, a young girl named Sable who is coming of age and in her culture, you go out and explore the world. You have like a special like hover bike that you go around the world in hmm. and you meet people, discover people. And then when you come back for your, you know, when you're done with your traveling, um, you, you come back for a coming of age ceremony where you get to choose what your life path is. Like what vocation do you choose? Like where, you know, where does your life lead you at that point? This sort of ritual for that. So she's going out on her voyage of discovery of herself. Um, so it's this coming of age story where you play as this character and you explore this alien world, you know, cause it's not earth. I'm, that's why I'm saying alien. And you not only discover the lore and like the, there was so much emphasis put on the lore and the culture and like, you know, people here, but you also learn how people came to be there and some of like what one could call the ancient history of this place, but also like questions that don't have answers. Hmm. Machines that don't work anymore. Like, you know, the, you know, mysterious monoliths and things like that. And it was transcendent is Marvelous. I I don't want to spoil this one either. That's why I'm back being kind of vague about it. It's so good, but there were so many genuine moments where like I felt actual wonder and awe, which doesn't happen that often no. <laughs> anymore, sadly. But this game, there were so many moments where it was just you, you just look over the desert vista with like you know Japanese breakfast music playing. I think Japanese breakfast did the score, and it just was so right there was another moment towards the end because as you explore you can explore basically in any direction you want to on the world map and and there was this one area that i just happened to go to last and it worked perfectly like thematically with like how like the journey i'd taken sable on had gone it was just and it was like oh my god like i had to sit i had to like pause the game and sit for a few minutes because i was so like oh <gasps> Is is this a game where you collect abilities through the masks, or am I thinking of something mm -hmm. else? Yeah, yeah. You um, you you collect little badges that you get that as you do different side quests, you get these badges, and then you can turn those badges into a mask. Okay. And then the mask will give you different buffs or uh, abilities hmm. as you play through the game. Uh, so you can, you know, I think most of them do. Anyway, and they're all connected to like side quests and things you can do and adventure kind of stuff and then at the end of the game the ritual is you get to choose which mask will be yours and i will not spoil but the fact that everyone wears masks has lore significance it's not just because animating faces is hard <laughs> <laughs> well when... which you know no shade animating faces is hard but there's like i was so surprised that there was like this really important lore reason that you can discover because most people in the world are just like, yeah, this is just how we do, right? This is our culture. This is just how we do things. But you can discover that there is a reason why it's like this. Many moments where I was like misty eyed and kind of crying about things, but in that like kind of in a feely way, but also like in the way if you're, if you're kind of like a, um, a, if you have any kind of historian spent where like you learn about something and you just, 
have feelings about it. <laughs> Even though it's like, well, this happened like, you know, 2000 years ago, but I have feelings about it. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> it makes you really feel connected to the world. And it's just, it's amazing. Also, it recently was updated with a fishing minigame. <laughs> even better <laughs> if you like even better if you like and like that's i'm like if there was i would not have i could not have thought of anything to improve the game with but a fishing minigame yes highly recommend one of my favorite games of all time and so is the next one on my on my list the forgotten city which i will not be spoiling at all because you really need to not have it spoiled you haven't played it oh boy because the whole it's a mystery uh, you're going into the game and you need to solve the mystery of the Forgotten City and the people in it. And if I tell you anything about it, that will just ruin everything. The thing I can tell you about is what it says on the tin, where there's a, a Forgotten City. It's like this Roman city. You, as the character, end up there and you have to figure out, you know, how to get home. <laughs> and also what the hell's going on here. And it is probably the perfect game for me. It is all about talking to people and exploring. On top of that... The developers did a lot of research on, you know, Imperial Rome hmm. and, like, the late Empire, as well as a bunch of other time periods that I won't mention. But a lot of research went into it, and there were only, like, a couple anachronisms that I found. Based on my knowledge, I am not an expert, but even based on my little knowledge, I was like, oh, wow, like, th this is really accurate. There's even a Roman toilet. You know, you oh. go in with the with the sponges on the sticks. Um, and the, the water flow underneath the... Uh, yeah, and the water flow underneath and everything. Yeah, it's it's so good. And there were so many, like, just really interesting stories. And, I mean, it is a game and it's very limited. You know, it is an indie game as well. So it's, like, not, you know, super expansive. Like, you know, there's only so much you can get to know about the characters because they are, you know, ultimately just lines of code. But I often did feel like these... I knew these people like interacting with them that I actually was like getting to know them and, you know their dreams and ambitions and stuff one like genuinely terrifying side quest that was like one of the best man it's so good and uh, just a lot just is so good <laughs> amazing just amazing and it's all basically based on dialogue there's barely any other there's a little bit of a combat mechanic uh, and a little bit of a sneak mechanic but they're you know that are useful in different areas but really, the main gameplay loop is this dialogue and talking to people and exploring and finding things and then confronting them and things like that. So good. So good. 10 out of 10. <laughs> Interesting. It's so good. And I really wish I could tell you more, but I don't want to spoil it for you. I don't want to spoil it for anyone listening. If you were listening, play this game. Oh. If you haven't yet. Boy. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. Hey, Tom, do you want another shivers moment? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Oh, excellent. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> I and, can't uh, wait to screw things up and play it wrong. Oh, right? yeah. Well, you know, in, 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 you could play wrong in some pretty fantastic ways in this game, I'm sure. <laughs> we'll find it. We'll find it. Yeah, I was about to say, we'll find it. Yeah, we'll find it. You'll find it. No worries. And then the last game um, on my best games of 2020 is a game I actually just finished yesterday. Kentucky Route Zero. Oh, yes. Boy. Another game that you know, brings me to tears. Also about the erosion of small town America and wage slavery and crippling debt. And um, oh, it's so good in each chapter because it was episodic. It, it was in early access for like a long time. Um, 
I don't remember how long a long time, but it's episodic. So like each there's like a different chapter and each chapter plays slightly differently. Hmm. And the final chapter was so different, but it just worked. It, it just comes together in a way that's really beautiful and sad though, you know, with some of your dialogue choices, you can maybe make it a little bit more hopeful, but it's still a little sad at the same time. It really makes you think, hmm. man, where do I start with this? Because there's so much <laughs> I could talk about. Also, excellent music. But this game is an interactive art piece, I would say. It's definitely like telling a story. A lot of it, a lot of a lot of what you do, like mechanically, is a lot of uh, in dialogue with other characters or I, I would say dialogue, but like in flashbacks, like where you're reading about something and you walk around and you kind of explore some things. But it's, uh, I guess you could say it's kind of walking simulator-ish, but I don't like that description. And I feel like that does, especially this game, a disservice. Because, yeah, you're walking around and looking at things and talking to people, but it that's what you do in real life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it's also very dreamlike. It has this, like, magical realism thing to it. And it's so, it's so many times during the game, I felt like, is this a horror game? Mm-hmm. And it is, but it isn't, like, a horror game, but it's, like, conceptually a horror game because, you know, you're... The themes that it's dealing with are real things in real life. You know, union busting, company towns, like I said, like, you know, wage slavery to pay off debt, getting into huge debt because of medical problems and and people dying and things changing, times moving on and rampant capitalism and the violence thereof. And a lot of things in the game are very, it, this is like my game too, it's like quintessentially my game where uh, <laughs> there's a lot of metaphors. There's a lot of things that the game is telling you straight up. But it's also just a lot of metaphor that you have to kind of be like thinking about as, you know, it's happening where you're like, oh, this is metonymous with this other thing. Or this is, you know, a stand in. This is a simile or metaphor for this other thing. Uh, For example, the characters run into a kid and the kid doesn't have a family. Parents disappeared. He's been alone. But it's okay because he's got Julian with him. Julian is a giant bald eagle. Mm that is helpful once and then just kind of fucks off for the rest of the game. (laughs) (laughs) And it makes you wonder, (laughs) makes you wonder what they're saying with that. uh, Particularly, you know, because you see this giant bird and you're like, oh, Julian's a giant bird. That's cool. And then you see, you know, Julian in its entirety and you go, oh, oh, he's a bald eagle. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, symbolism and uh, <laughs> symbolism and some of the symbolism is not subtle but there are others that are, are are more subtle that you go oh one of the each chapter is followed by a small interlude that gives you like a a hint of what is to come in the next chapter and the the interlude called the entertainment was th- so cool it's this you are in a play but you're also watching the play but there's also paratext about the play around you as the play is going on, which is like, you know, reviews about the play and stuff. And like, it has, oh, it's so good. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't sum that up in like a couple minutes and I've been rambling forever, but it's just so incredible. And another thing that I thought was pretty incredible is, you know, it, it deals with dialogue and the dialogue can be very fluid where you're not playing as one character all the time like there's kind of a group of characters and that sometimes the dialogue options can come from different characters depending on where you want to lead the conversation because the dialogue like basically most of the time once you select an option you can't go back Mm. you cannot explore the other options so once you've picked one that's your path 
there's a few times where you can pick multiples in a list, but usually not all of them. You're always going to leave one out, which always makes you feel like, oh, what what's the avenue that I'm missing? Like, you know, what what lore didn't I discover? But it, it kind of adds to that, you know, that mystery and also like the mystery of like real life and interacting with people where you can't know all of a person, no matter how close you are to them. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd have to be like psychically connected. So sometimes when you're when you're doing dialogue, you can answer as this character or the other character or a third character maybe will chime in uh, and you can kind of choose what happens by choosing uh, or the or the tenor of the conversation by choosing who's speaking. And there was one moment where one of the characters is um, you've had hints that he's an alcoholic and he's beginning to fall off the wagon and he's uh, drinking quite heavily and clearly not doing well. And I noticed that one of the characters has an option to comment on it because nobody else seems to but this character you get a dialogue option where you can comment on this and i wondered you know what's what will happen if i choose every option in every conversation that is directly addressing the fact that this guy is not okay and that i'm worried about him or this character is and it was sort of like goosebump inducing like insidious that you bring it up and either the character you're talking with doesn't want to talk about it. They hand wave it, they laugh it off, or they willfully misunderstand what you're saying. Mm. And it was just this really heavy moment of, oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, As a culture, we do have a problem like approaching this, that someone like bringing it up, like, you know, bringing up, like he's had a lot to drink, like I'm a little worried about him. And they're like, oh, well, that's okay. You know, at one point he like jumps into the water and like swims away to like go back to the boat to find more, you know, booze. And your character comments like, you know, it's like he's really not okay. And then the other character just kind of is like, oh, well, I guess I should have pointed him towards the bathroom. Mm -hmm. You know, like not even commenting on like, is is this really okay? Like, (laughs) it was just there's so many moments like that that are just like, oh, but again, kind of heavy. Doesn't make you feel real happy, but there is some hope there. You know, where even though it's things really suck, it's there's there's still some hope to be had there. Like there's still something like there's still something to be had in connection, even if there's loss. And I I will give a, a little hint to for, for anyone who might be listening to this, who's even remotely interested in this game. I, highly, I do highly recommend it. It's so good. I'll be thinking about it forever. I'm still thinking about it after having finished it. <laughs> but a little hint, a little hint in the first act. Wait, you leave the gas station um, and you can drive around on like the world map, if you will. Go back to the gas station. There's a character there you can interact with that wasn't there before. Be sure you do that. It is tied to an achievement, but it's also very important for the ending. Because by doing that and meeting that character at that point in the story, uh, you will unlock the hidden epilogue after the last act. And the epilogue is really interesting in its own right but in that epilogue is the actual thesis of the game Hmm. Uh, like what i think the developers and and the writers were really what they really wanted to explore like obviously they wanted to explore like all the themes that i've already mentioned but there was something that they just really wanted to that's what they're really talking about like that's the thesis for the game and i thought that that was quite wonderful that to see that and then be like oh Okay, so like this melancholy and the nostalgia, like that does all kind of come together with that hopeful note at the end. So 10 out of 10. 
I will say, like, at some points, there are a couple places where when it's trying to be a game, it kind of overstays its welcome. But not enough that, you know, you feel super annoyed with it. It just feels like, well, you didn't have to do it like that. But I would still say it's like a 10 out of 10. It's really, really good. Interesting. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm familiar with when it was in alpha, but I hadn't yeah. heard anything about it since the yeah, first I like introduction to it. Yeah, I can't remember when the last last episode came out because I remember being you know really interested in it. I think like the second chapter had been released in in early access i can't remember exactly the timing but i remember like you know there was a lot of radio silence and people were like was the game ever going to be finished like what happened uh people started posting images like i think there's some you could still see on the steam page of like you know the back of the milk carton like missing (laughs) you know and it was like uh you know kentucky route zero chapter you know chapter four chapter five last seen you know in like 2013 or something like that which is pretty wild but they did release it they did finish it and you can kind of tell like that they were developing it over a long time just because like, each chapter plays so differently, hmm. but it does come together in the end. Uh, That's in, impressive in a way. I was impressed. Cause I was like, wow, really? It did. It really did just bring it all together. Especially as I was playing it, my brother recommended it to me. He's like, this is going to be your game. You need to play it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't play it for two years after he recommended it to me. And he's been bugging me ever since. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I could say I did it. You know, like as I was playing it, I'm like, man, the, each chapter is so different and there's all these themes and all of this stuff. Like, how are we going to bring it together? And it does come together. I, I won't say that you necessarily get answers, but that's kind of like real life. Some things you just there aren't answers for, but things can come together and you can still have closure, hmm. which is good. And that is the <laughs> that is the end of my uh uh, 2022 list of games <laughs> that I enjoyed or was disappointed in. Uh, thank you uh, for coming to my TED Talk. Um, <laughs> I just looked at the waveform of my recording and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that looks like 30 minutes of solid talking. Great. Thumbs up. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, I mean, you were playing much more adventurous games than Tom and I were over the last year, from what I can tell. At least yeah. what you put in your top 10. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, most of what I played were actually like little puzzle games and stuff. Um, but yeah, when I wasn't playing Vampire Survivors um, <laughs> or Morrowind or Valhalla or V Rising, I, I just was really looking for things that had like good story, like something to be engaged in. And like I said, like I, I just rarely, I think most people too probably just rarely get that sense of wonder and, and interest in something outside of themselves. So I was looking for pieces of art, if you will, that would be fun to engage with or, you know, evoke some feeling, if you will, or that sense of wonder. Hmm. And yeah, found some, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, evidently. (laughs) Yeah. These are all games that sound absolutely fascinating, but I had almost zero exposure to. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'd never even heard of almost any of them. Like, I... Well... I've heard of Sable, but that's because... mm -hmm. I fucking did a binge on video game design and one of the talks that I was listening to was like, Sable does this really important thing and here's the mechanics of it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting mechanics. And that's the only exposure I had to the game. I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) Now I feel like I'm just a a fraud of a game developer. I haven't tried all of these really strange, really interesting games. (laughs) Well, now you have the opportunity. You've heard about them. Now you can try them if you want you to. You stripped my excuse not. away. What are you doing? 
<laughs> oh no! How could I do that? <laughs> Shifty eyes. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, um, yeah. Should we do uh, pluggables? Uh, sure. Yeah, sounds good. Sure. Uh, I'll go since I went last. I'll go okay. first. Um, <laughs> well, um, the whole like social media landscape seems to be imploding. But uh, <laughs> I am so far still, for some reason, on, on Twitter. You can find me there. For other now. projects on hold. But you can find me there to tell me uh, any other interesting games that you think we might like. Or you can also message uh, Editor Chandler about that. But you can find me at Meriword, M-E-R-E-W-Y-R-D. And maybe next year I will be more engaged in the out there sphere. But uh, for now, I, I lurk and wait to see how <laughs> how whole like internet infrastructures collapse <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll see how long that lasts and and see if yeah. <laughs> plugging twitter is even a, a thing that is useful in the next yeah. who knows few days for all we know right yeah. who knows <laughs> <laughs> um i am not on twitter which i'm thankful for now mm-hmm. well i guess i am i don't use it But uh, I am on YouTube and Instagram. I've actually changed my name. Um, It used to be at Tamikaze. I believe in both cases. If you find me on YouTube.com slash Tamikaze, that will still take you to the right place. But on both YouTube and on Instagram, I am now Vintage and Voltage because I'm trying to kind of change up what what I'm doing with those channels and take them slightly more seriously. So far, I've done nothing with it but changed the name. Hopefully that will change soon. Step one, done. <laughs> Step one, done. Struggling with the rest, but it is the holidays, and I work retail, so trying to find motivation right now outside of work is a little difficult. You'll get blood out of that stone eventually. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll see how that goes. Oh, cool. Yeah, people can find me on various uh, social media outlets as uh, JC Siron, J-C-S-I-R-R-O-N. I am still tentatively tied to Twitter as well. That's where I'm going to be doing a lot of updates for the podcast, if nothing else. So, uh, yeah, if you follow me there, that's a pretty reliable place to get a hold of me to talk about it. Um, I am also looking at developing a uh, website for all of the prototypes I've been working on. As of right now, it's just the website itself which is laughing-hat.com so yeah i'll be looking to put a little bit more of my prototyping out there too yeah exciting yeah does that mean that i get to like go download some of your prototypes and play them potentially i mean there's always my itch.io page for that which oh okay i should probably be plugging more than my tentative website but still (laughs) Um, yeah, the ultimate goal. Where's that? You can find that on itch.io as, uh, jcsuron.itch.io. We've been the adventure mechanics. This is Chandler. I'm Devin. And I'm Tom. And we'll talk to you next season. We actually survived two seasons. Yay! Woo! Woo! Yay! Bye.